On the hunt for great beer? How about great food, too? Zavtig Italian Village is Columbus' premier spot for delicious local craft beer and food. So get to Zavtig Italian Village for some amazing drinks and eats. Zavtig Italian Village, the official soccer bar of Bone and Beam United. Balotelli, Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again! Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal, look at that pass! Haydock! Goal, Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross, and Dead Seas tonight again! And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Lots to get to today on our big edition of the Soccer Podcast. We have got plenty of Champions League recaps for you. We will do that a little bit later in the show. Uh, We've also got the latest update that isn't really an update on one of the biggest stars in world soccer where someone is firing off saying they know where he's going and Mm. doesn't seem to really have any info to back that up. And there's another club that's interested in him, and it's in a totally different league. So we'll Mm. see. We'll see. Indeed, the uh, silly season really never stops with soccer. I love it. I can't get enough We'll continue to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And we have got plenty of Major League Soccer stuff to discuss as well, and that's actually where we're going to start because, Beamer, we're right into it. I mean, next week in Columbus is Black and Gold Week, the Columbus crew starting off against your other favorite team in Major League Soccer, your guys, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Up the Caps. Yeah, up the Caps. Mm Mm-hmm. They're coming to take on the crew. You're going to be torn allegiances there, my friend. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I think I'll be okay, Bone. At the end of the day, I will be at the dot, at the LDC, at the Death Star, cheering on the black and gold. Unfortunately, I'll put that on the back burner, put the white caps uh, hat away for that day, and I'll be cheering on the boys uh, during Very black good. and gold week. So I know. my I'm, I live here. We work here. We do a podcast about the crew. Obviously, I'm cheering for them. Uh, but yes, it is going to hurt my heart to see the white caps get shred uh, by the crew coming up here next weekend. Um, so that, yes. And we will find out too, what uniforms, the, mm. what the new kit unveil is happening this weekend. And, uh, I may or may not be going to that. Ooh. Uh, no, not may or may not. I am going to that. And I actually, I got, uh, I got so that I could take the girls. I asked if I could bring my oldest two and they said, yeah, that's fine. So here's the thing, you know, me, you know, where I stand on the logo, not a fan. Yep. The new logo sucks. They're going to be this new jersey will have all the jerseys going to have the new logo on it. Everyone's aware of this, right? Like they're not going away from the circle logo. Yeah. That layer they're, they're they going, going away, from, away that. from the circle. Yeah, they're going to that pennant logo. So that will be unveiled. It obviously they're teasing the hell out of it, you know, it's the gold standard. It's going back to being a gold jersey. I am thinking what they're going to do is pair this with black shorts. I think they're going to go gold shirt black shorts gold socks that's what i think the look's gonna be i don't think it's gonna be like anything crazy with hoops or stripes or <laughs> anything like that but maybe that'd be cool if it was i don't think they're going for like a Borussia dortmund look as much as i think that would be awesome we're not going checkerboards 
Uh, maybe. Maybe it'll be like a sublimated checkerboard. There's I don't even know what that word is. Now you're throwing around big words. Now I'm going to take that as offense. You should. You, you absolutely should. <laughs> um, so we will talk next week much more about the season and what we expect for the Columbus crew. Because obviously we tend to talk a lot of European soccer. We're not going to pretend like we watch every Major League Soccer game, but we do watch every crew game and mm-hmm. we pay attention to that team because that's our local team and that's who we support and Obviously, you know how we feel about that. So, of course, we will talk plenty of crew soccer. But we do have some MLS news and notes as well here that I wanted to get to in the start of the show uh, because I saw that your guys and my guys down to the south are Kentucky neighbors, FC Cincinnati. Spoonman? Spoonman, come together with your crap. Mm. They suck. Oh, anyway, that sucked too. I will never do that again. (laughs) Um, Sorry. I will never do it again. But uh, they have a new general manager, Chris Albright, mm-hmm. who they've they've actually hired a soccer person to run their soccer team. So good on them. Former MLS player, Chris Albright. But so he is now running the team. And they've also hired former crew player Pat Noonan to be their head coach. Yep. So they have they have some guys who know MLS a little bit. We'll see how that pans out for them. But Chris Albright he had some interesting quotes and quotes and quotes. Yes. Do you, I don't know if you want to read these or I have them. If you don't, I don't but, have it pulled up, but okay. I did. I did read them earlier this morning. Yes. Here, here's the basics. You tell me if this makes you feel excited. If you were, if you were a fan of Kentucky FC. Okay. Said we're here to build a sustainable product that FC Cincinnati fans can be proud of consistently for years to come. Okay. Stop. Good. 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 Excited. That's good. Excitable. That's good. Excitable. Sustainable. On that front. Sustainable. Good word. Good keyword. Gets Proud you excited. of our team. Yep. That's all good. Okay. Gets you very excited. Continue. They're not going to see everything they want next week. That's mm. the reality of the situation we're in. I'm also not punting on this season. Stop. Bad. Don't feel excited <laughs> about that at all. First part, very promising. You know, we're good. Okay, sustainable success, something you're proud of. Second part, um, it's not going to be done next week in time for the opening match uh, against uh, pre-court in Austin down there, the uh, Chili Verde Green that they're rocking. And then we're also not punting on the season. Now, the last time I checked, again, I'm not an MLS insider. You're more of that uh, here on this show. Um, When we're recording this podcast on Thursday, February 17th, 2022, we are still nine days away from the MLS season. Glad to know know that spoonmen are not punting on the season before said season has started is that an okay analogy yeah yeah yeah. glad to know that they haven't officially decided to punt on the season before it started yeah that's mm-hmm. a that's not encouraged i know he probably just got caught up in his words and was starting to sound kind of negative and then he oh, but i'm not punting on the season there's no other way when you have to acknowledge that doesn't that kind of give you some pause if a, as a fan to say they pretty much know this season's going to be really tough. Yeah, like, no, you you ask yourself, what's the biggest difference between that and the last three years? Then you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know, man. It's it's been a tough it's been a tough go for those boys down there. Yeah, well, it is, and uh, that's what happens when you have it. They do. Your team. What did they do in the off season? I'm not again. MLS they, they, guy. I don't what have what have they done I don't have a, a list of all their ins and outs so I won't pretend like I rem, I know that or remember it but here's what I will tell you because there's more comments from Chris Albright because he, he he is basically acknowledging there's no amount of signings they could have done this offseason to fix their issues it, it's like it's so big of a problem yeah they're so bad right now so he said this we're not going to be a finished product on February 26th 
you can't reset three wooden spoons in three months. Did he say that? Yeah. <laughs> he said you can't reset three wooden Good spoons in three months. Good for him for acknowledging that they sucked, right? They suck. A lot of people They're that the come wooden in, spoons. Yeah. A lot of people that come in will be like, oh, I'm here to build, and this is a great foundation that's laid. Like, I, I respect the hell out of that for him coming in and being like, listen, man, we were ass. We are ass, but we're going to try to fix the situation as best as we possibly can. Like, hold on with us. It's going to take a while, but maybe at the end of the day we'll get there. It's a lot of respect, actually, that I have for him saying that. Yeah. The Spoonmen are an ass team. Mm. That's t- if you take nothing else away from this, just take that away. Spoon to ass. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look that one up. Just You're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, further, he said this. Again, I'm not going to sit here and give some random number of transfer windows it's going to take to fix either. Our fundamental job for me was to reset culture, find a staff, and address the roster. Roster. That's what the immediate job at hand was. We feel really good about the culture piece. We feel really good about the coaching staff and Pat and the experience around him. End of quote. (laughs) So he's like, we got to reset the culture. Yep. We got to get a new coaching staff. We got to fix the roster. And we got to buy new players and do everything else. But he he said, like, we got to fix the roster. So then he said, we feel good about culture, feel good about the coaching staff. End of quote. <laughs> so, and our on-field product is going to be poo-poo. The roster is still a work in progress. So, yeah, that is uh, fourth in a so, row. You think for them? Think they're going for an unheralded title, beating their old record? I mean, they 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 have to be in the mix. I there are certainly some bad teams, and you know, another one that may be fighting them for it though is Charlotte is the new you know team coming in this year. Charlotte hey, FC. You would be so proud of me. Because what, what, why, what I, w- I watched the Carolina Cup. You did watch the Carolina I Cup. I watched the Car- – I didn't watch all of it, but I watched some of no, it. No, you watched some of it. Okay. Well, yes, the crew played in the Carolina Cup against Charlotte FC, drew them 0-0 in the second game, which, you know, Carolina Challenge Cup has been a thing for years that the crew have participated in off They were and dominant, on. too. And they have won it quite a bit, yes. But, you know, for those who don't recall this or are not aware of it, usually it's – I think three or four teams from MLS and then used to be the Charleston battery were in it that they host it. That's kind of the deal. So yeah, uh, it's, it's a nice little tune up tournament for preseason soccer kind of gets the team going. Um, Milos Dejnik made his debut for the team. So first game for Milos. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, I didn't get to watch, but how did he, did you see any of him at all in that game? Uh, To be honest, I was, I was drinking at, um, our soccer bar and, um, Mm, was good. Yeah. Was, was kind of paying attention, kind of having conversation uh, with Joe from Manchester, as opposed to Joe from, uh, America. Got two Joes in our supporters. (laughs) Two Joes. Yes. One actually from the motherland and then one from German village. Um, so yes, I was, I was a little preoccupied, but we did have it on, we did have it on and I was watching. Two Joes, more than one pint. Yes. I'm going to say that. Yes. Yes, there was more than one pint consumed. Um, So, yes. I didn't get to watch the game, unfortunately. Bad on me as a soccer podcast. Neighbor Eric was there, too, by the way. He was the one opining to put it on the TV. Shocking shocking to everybody. That's not a surprise, but good for him. Hey, they they got that on. That was on TV and they found it. Good for them. That's excellent job by everyone involved. So, yeah, all I'm going to say is this. Um, Good to see that Aiden Morris got back on the field. I know it's going to be a work to get him back, obviously coming back from a pretty significant knee injury, but that thought of him and Artur and Darlington Nagby possibly all being on the field at the same time or or in the mix to all be on the field, not that they all would, I guess you wouldn't have all three of them on the field, but you know what I mean, like 
looking at an 18 and seeing those three names all available for selection. Yeah. Pretty great. That That's where we hope to be very soon with this team. Our tour obviously still has a little bit of way to go to get back. And, but that's, that's good. We're, we're getting some of these guys back. Anyway, I brought up Charlotte FC because did you see the quotes from their manager? I did not know. What do they say? So this off season, like Charlotte, the crew hired a new technical director mm-hmm. and it, they, they hired from Charlotte. They hired Mark Nichols. Um, he was with Charlotte FC previously and Seattle before that he ran their academies. So isn't it odd that guy goes to take the job in Seattle or in Charlotte rather in September or uh, uh, I can't get anything straight today. January 2020 is when he took the job. Okay. Before their MLS that, club. Right. So like one of the first hires they would have made was him to run their academy, mm-hmm. start up to build up their development, all those other things. They got him from Seattle. Then before they even kick a ball in MLS, he has taken a new job to become the crew's technical director, which is obviously a step up and hopefully he'll be up to the task. But my point is that's not a great sign for Charlotte, right? That you've had, this is not the only guy they've had a couple people that they've lost in the front office before they even started, which I find odd. But then you look at this quote from their manager, uh, who is Miguel Angel Ramirez, not Miguel Angel Jimenez, the Spanish golfer, different guy entirely, different guy. Yes. Anyway, um, this quote is about the fact that they lost out on a player they were counting on, uh, Darwin Machis, who they were trying to get, Venezuelan player who is playing in La Liga. Okay. They thought they had a $6 million transfer with him ready to go. And as it turned out, last second, there was some big snafu with a legal issue in Spain that prevented the whole thing. And so he's talking to the media after that was announced. And he said, quote, uh, Today, we are screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Or sorry, the exact quote, right now we're screwed about this signing. 16 days before the opener, they did not get to uh, sign him. This was February 10th, this was. So last week is when he gave these quotes. But yeah, man, they they have had some some misses in the front office and, and, and not just there, but also on the field trying to get some of these guys. They only have 22 of their 30 roster spots filled. Ooh. As of last week. Ooh. So I'm sure they've added a few more guys. I'm sure they will fill that roster out. But yeah, but what you know, guys David are you adding? Tep- what guys are you adding right now? You know. Well, right. Yeah, you're going to have to find guys who are just bouncing around, looking for deals that are you know not attached to a club at this time of year. That's usually not the greatest players in the league, mm-hmm. uh, in any league. But what I find interesting is David Tepper. The money that is involved here. Yeah. This is the guy who owns the Panthers. Came in hedge fund billionaire. Lot, richest lot of, owner. Very in very the rich. NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Richest owner in the NFL. And is owning, you know, started up this club. They're hoping to set some attendance records because I think they're playing at the Panther Stadium initially, you know, before they get their own. Or I don't know if they're ever going to build a new one or if they're just going to play there. Whatever. The point is, this, they're trying to make a big splash. It doesn't sound like from a front office and on-field perspective, it's going to be very good. They feel like they could be an FC Cincinnati of a couple years ago where they just got it all together too quick, didn't really have their ducks in a row, and it kind of blows up in their face for the first few years. Well, and I, Could I be did, wrong. I did we'll find see. it to be uh, extremely fascinating, too, watching the uh, Carolina K- Challenge Cup uh, when the crew took them on. 
Uh, and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm reading into this too much, but there was a nice scrap uh, that went on during that game. I'm sure you saw the yes. highlights of it, like benches mm-hmm. cleared and there was a giant brawl. And again, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but if you're doing that in a preseason tournament, in a tournament that literally means nothing in the grand scheme of things, like what do you in store for when these teams actually become competitive and then you start your MLS season? Like if you're already having tempers boil over in the preseason, what is that going to look like when the results actually matter? You know, like I I just I found that to be the most interesting dichotomy with them. Obviously, the new boys on the block coming in. Uh, like you mentioned, David Tepper wants to set some uh, attendance records with their franchise. I think it's a, oh boy, welcome, welcome, um, because this isn't as easy as just throwing money at the wall and seeing what happened, not the way with this league and how it's structured. And two, what's going on with your guys, the fact that in the 28th minute of your first preseason game, you're already blowing over and having a benches-clearing brawl. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I do wonder with that, if that indicates anything on their side of things where, you know, they, they were from, from everything I saw the, the few highlights I saw this, mm-hmm. I didn't watch the entire match, but it looked like they were being extri- extremely physical. Yeah. Charlotte was. Yeah, they were. And that, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but I'm saying in MLS, that's almost always a sign of like, we know we suck. So let's just muddy this game up mm-hmm. and, and in soccer in general, right. you know, you're overmatched. Right. So you go out, try to out physical the other team and, I could I could understand it if this is what led to it where you know crew players are like actually trying to do something this year and instead they got to play with a bunch of scrubs in this game that are you know just fighting and clawing and trying to prove they belong. Listen, and they're trying to make a roster and they're doing all that. Like I understand the competitive nature when it comes to this guy scratching and clawing for their careers and how some of them may be holding on for dear life. You know, like I I understand that as well, but there's a time and a place and that doesn't seem like the place to do it. Yeah, I know. And it's not it's not great. So anyway, keep an eye on Charlotte FC. They may be one of the <laughs> new awful teams that we will be watching in MLS. Goody. Take, yeah, can't wait. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk more about Champions League. We'll give you some recaps there. And one of the stars of the Champions League could be, well, he probably is going to be on the move. The president of La Liga thinks he knows where Kylian Mbappe is going. We'll talk about all that next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So let's talk about some Champions League. We obviously had the first leg of this next round that we're into. Uh, four games that came through. And got to say, just on a before we get into the soccer, our local affiliate that we work with, WBNS, 10TV, Channel 10, CBS. Yeah. How cool is it that Champions League games that are not the final, it's not the World Cup final. I mean, these are not the biggest matches in the world. They're big to soccer fans. They're big to you and me. But it's not something that, you know, the whole, the World Cup final, you don't, anyone who's a fan of sports knows what that is, even if they don't follow soccer. Right. Just a regular, like, we're getting into it, some of the bigger Champions League matches, getting put on CBS, CBS. Yeah. I don't know why that matters to me so much, but it is just something that, I feel like if you told me that when I was 20 and just getting into soccer where it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to be putting these games on CBS and you won't have to go seek them out on some the Fox soccer channel is where these used or to be. Paramount Plus, uh, is yeah, or Paramount Plus. Yeah, or Paramount Plus. You know, like streaming right. service. I actually, uh, when I was getting ready to settle in for the PSG Real Madrid game uh, on Tuesday, 
was literally looking for it on the TV. Like I was, <laughs> I was looking for, I was looking in like all the normal places yeah. where soccer's played, and I'm like, is this game not on TV? Like I see it on Telemundo, and they do great Spanish broadcasts of the games, and sometimes like they'll have the off game that's not on like the actual network, right? And right. sometimes I'll check in on that, just what's going on, uh, and polish up on my Spanish at the same time. And then I got to three o'clock, and I'm like, oh, it's actually on Big Boy CBS. Like that's pretty right. awesome. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's just a that's a fun thing, and I'm I, I it's. It's frustrating that a lot of these games have been behind a paywall, but the fact we're, that you are used having it, a chance we, by now, yeah, like we we're are. used to it. I know it just stinks because it's like, oh, I want to watch this Watford game. Well, it's on the Peacock. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to watch this soccer game. Oh, it's on Paramount Plus. I want to watch this soccer game. It's on ESPN Plus. And it's like it's on Fubo. So, like I don't, I don't yeah, have that. Suddenly, suddenly, you got forty or fifty bucks invested in your, you know, every month in your soccer watching. Let alone the whatever cable package or YouTube TV or whatever you're doing. So that's a little frustrating. So I'm just saying good for the game. Good for soccer in this country that it's on the Columbia broadcast system. That is a, is that that's what a CBS big deal, stands man. for. I had no clue. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Columbia broadcast system. I think is what it is. If it's not Dom Tiberi will come and punch me in the face, <laughs> so, which he may want to do anyway. Right. Me um, too. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the champions league. Uh, that game you mentioned, obviously, that was kind of the the crown jewel of these games. As and it far ended as up sucking the, the most. It did. It very much <laughs> was not good. Um, you had Real Madrid go down in defeat to Kylian Mbappe, who scored a tremendous goal late in that game as PSG got it done. And interesting in that game, and I saw you tweeting about it, mm. Messi takes a penalty. Thibaut Courtois says, no, thank you. That's not going to happen. It was and really awesome, too. Stuffed him. Bad uh, penalty. Bad penalty. Bad yeah, shot. He goes lower right. Courtois says, no, 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 we're good. Pass. You're not going to be able to get past me, uh, little lion man, Messi. I'm uh, not going to be able to do that. Now, unfortunately, Real Madrid did lose the game, uh, but they could have had a 2 nothing advantage uh, instead of the one nothing that Mbappe rescued in stoppage time. Uh, but the best part about this, too, is like I was being a total troll because as soon as Messi missed that penalty, it was literally 60 seconds later, Ronaldo broke his longest goal drought of a, in a decade, and he scores a howitzer from outside the box. And I'm like, oh, Pessy can't score a penalty. Look at what the great is doing. Cristiano Ronaldo is still scoring outside <laughs> the box. Look at what we got here. That should settle the debate for who's the greatest of all time. So I was having fun with that, and it was a uh, it was a fun afternoon. But, yeah, the game, the actual PSG-Real Madrid game did suck. Like, there are games, too, and, like, soccer gets the adage, like, oh, you have a nil-nil draw. Like, it's got to be the most boring thing in the world. Like, yes, some, sometimes there well, are games that yeah. are nil-nil that stink. And the PSG and Real Madrid was absolutely one of those. And sometimes you get a nil-nil game like Atlanta and Columbus from years ago in the playoffs where you're like, oh, my God, every time a team is down the field, they're going to score. Uh, and so, like, yeah, that can be true. But that game did stink until Kylian Mbappe saved it to the rescue in stoppage time. Yeah, and I think that's something that – is is a clear dividing line for people who can really get into soccer and people who just don't enjoy the sport as much and that's okay if mm-hmm. you don't like it it's not your thing i i don't like baseball but here it is well, good you news know, for it's you is they, they may be killing themselves may, right now so <laughs> yeah no kidding no but i i just the thing that divides it is there are people who can appreciate and i don't this doesn't make you better or worse it just is the the people who can appreciate this may suck for a while but Man, when you get that moment of brilliance, like Mbappe, that was brilliant. Like splitting two defenders, 
slotting at home. Mm. That's just something that only a few people in the world can do. He does it well when he gets his opportunity. He didn't miss there. That is something if you're rooting for PSG, you can live in that euphoria. And that euphoria is better because you didn't get it. The whole It wasn't seven of those. Right. You know what I mean? There was this very special big moment. I like that. I enjoy that. I like the build up. I like the anticipation. I like that sometimes there's no payoff. Not like not that I'm preferring that. You know what I mean? But right. I appreciate how that that you know a scoring drought makes the goal sweeter in, in some ways. You know, if you haven't had an Oreo in a while and then suddenly you have a pack of Oreos, you're like, oh man. But if you're eating them every day, you just kind of don't think and about they're it. They're still and awesome every day, though. They're still awesome, but. If you haven't had one in a while and you eat one, you're like, oh, I forgot how this was so great. All I'm saying is there's some people who en- who can enjoy that, mm-hmm. who can find uh, joy in that. And some people who say, no, I'd rather have just nine goals a game. And so in your theory, you hated it, watching Manchester City then and what they, what they did. Well, no, I'm, I, I can appreciate those, too, because that doesn't happen every day either. Yeah, like you're going to watch City go out. Well, OK. It does happen more if you're Manchester City in seasons like this. But generally speaking, you are you are still going to in the biggest moments wonder, can my team get it done? And there's going to be drama around it, you know, and that's that's more or less what I mean. So but there are some people who would, you know, they need the NBA or they need, you know, something that's or the NFL where it's like there's just scoring all the time. And if Mm -hmm. that's more for you, that's. I like the NBA, but I like the NFL. I Chances just, are, if I you like got soccer. this deep into this podcast, that's not you. <laughs> no, I know, but I think I think that's how it's divided. I think that's why some. So don't try to force your friends who really don't get soccer. I, I have a couple of buddies who are like they they score no goals sometimes. I can't watch. Okay, I'm not going to try. Fine, to, fine, that's go fine. Ahead. That's you. I can I can deal with it. Um, but to speak to your point, yes, uh, Sporting went down five to nothing to uh, Manchester City. Hmm. They got it done. So. City just look like they are on a path of destruction right now. I, it I just, could also I, be I, I, the I, I, level of competition they're playing in this one, but still. I, I almost am to the point with them where I have nothing else to say. You know what I mean? Like, we talk about them so much, and, like, they're so good, and we, you know, bow to the feet of Pep Guardiola. And I did think he had some fascinating comments heading into that. Um, Obviously, that's been something that has eluded him at Manchester City, has been the Champions League. They've won everything else multiple times. Uh, And I did think going into the match where he was asked, like, do you consider your team the best team in the world? And he was like, no, Chelsea are the best team in the world. Like, they've got the trophy. They're the best team in the world. We're still trying to compete with them. And I'm like, okay, okay, man. Like, I understand that you're trying to be real, and you lost to them in a final where you were a big favorite last year. Um, but I, 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 Pep's a genius. They have an unbelievable roster. They have hit on all their transfers. Like, my God, do they look untouchable? And they proved that because they were up 3-0 like in the first 20 minutes of the game or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, those are those are the moments, though, as a soccer fan where if you're rooting for City, you're just... You're, I mean, like it almost it's it's fun. It's it's well, great. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're a bad person, too, which makes it even better. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> I expect nothing less from you, you red devil. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so another one of your favorite teams, because you just root for all these underdogs, Bayern Munich. Yep. They uh, they ended up looking like an underdog in this game they, against they Salzburg. Mm-hmm. Salzburg gets up to the early lead off a uh, I mean, we'll say Brendan Aronson had a, a had a touch. Right before that yeah. uh, eventual goal. He so, went down with the assist. Yeah, they call that an assist. Now, there was a debate among U.S. soccer fans of purposeful touch or mishandled it and it just bounced the right way. It does. It Does it really matter? Like, I mean, it does in the sense of if you're trying to grade his performance, but 
in reality, he was in a good position. The ball got to where it needed to, and good things happened. I'm saying if that was the only way he was ever doing valuable things, then that would be a problem. But Brennan Aronson's a talented player. It's not I don't I don't think that one play defines him, but to me that didn't quite look like he was purposefully trying to feign he was doing something and dump it off. Like I think it was more just he's trying to corral the ball and it bounced the right way and worked out. Nice goal. But Byron came back mm-hmm. and got a draw in that game, which big for them. It is big for them. Now, the issue, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last couple of months, like the slight against Robert Lewandowski not winning the Ballot d'Or and Thomas Mueller coming out and saying, oh, just watch, just watch what we do. Uh, yeah. That did take a little bit of a hit because Neuer uh, seems to be out for a while now. I'm not necessarily sure of his timetable, but obviously still one of the best goalkeepers in the entire world. Uh, when he's on his day, he's damn near unbeatable. But that's a big it's a big issue for them without him back there. It'll be fascinating to see how they handle this second leg. But um, don't forget, too, when you're watching Champions League, that the away goals rule is gone. So, like, that's another thing that is kind of stupid, um, I think, but whatever. So it's 1-1. They're heading back to the Allianz Arena uh, here in a few weeks' time for their second leg of that. Uh, it would have been a bigger deal if the away goals was still in effect, but it's hard for me to still see uh, Salzburg getting a positive result heading uh, to Bayern and then going to Bavaria. I just no, I can't no. see it. Just more or less saying, you know, Bayern getting a goal and tying it back up because obviously it, it does count for total goals. Right. But yeah, you're yep. right. There is no there's no longer the away goal thing. Are you are you against that for that? How did you feel about that? We haven't really talked about it. Um, I mean, I'm fine with it. It's just it's just we don't like change, you know, and it's been my entire life. They've been doing the away goals thing. And I think it did give a little it added a little bit of emphasis on actually playing positive on the road. And instead of just sitting there with, you know, nine defenders behind the ball and sometimes really a lot of the time it it led to a incredibly boring if that was the first leg or a second leg where let's say that I don't know Atletico Madrid or whatever were up one nil and they already won at Chelsea and then all of a sudden be like hey we're just gonna sit here and away goals don't matter so we're not gonna let them score so I think the away goals with what they did away with it I think you'll still see you know scoring be emphasized but I think it gave you an added element of we know exactly what we need to do. Our goals are weighted different. And I think it was a little more inclusive to entertaining soccer. Now I guess we'll see here, you know, as we get deeper and deeper into this tournament. But initially I I, I did not like it and my opinion has not changed on it. Just one kind of round through the, the quarter or through the yeah. round of sixteen. Yeah, I get that. I, I think the other side of it for me is just from a logical standpoint. It's like if you score a goal here, it counts more than if you score a goal there. Yeah, it's and like, I understand that, that side I, of the I, point too. I find that to be weird, but you're right. Why did they do it? It's to encourage teams to play more you know, open and try to be a little more attacking in a game where otherwise it is tempting, If you're, especially if you're Bayern, right? I mean, they know. They go back to the Allianz Arena. They're going to be in good shape. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to win that game by two or three goals. That's just not, not because Salzburg sucks or anything, just because they're – pretty dominant at home and and I would think they would have a distinct advantage there but now they've been able to grab that goal and tie it up at least mean, means pretty much you've got a very straightforward game coming at you yeah. just win your game at home and that's that and that seems pretty simple for them um, so meanwhile the last game we didn't talk about here Inter and Liverpool Liverpool win two to nothing if you just looked at the score you might think oh so Liverpool just kind of cruised past Inter. Yeah, it was a really I watched all, how I watched all that game yesterday and it was tremendous because there were sides uh for both teams. Liverpool were shot out of a damn cannon the first 20 minutes and Inter was just on the back foot and 
probably thinking like, how are we going to stop this for 90 minutes? And then they get to the, uh, unfortunately for Liverpool, I believe it was uh, Diego Jota was subbed off at halftime with an injury. So that'll be interesting to see in kind of their chase down of Man City in the Premier League because I know they have them coming up in a few weeks time what that injury is looking like uh, but then they bring on Bobby Firmino and he scores and then Mo Salah gets an excellent goal as he always does by the way too Mo Salah has scored and I found this fascinating on the broadcast he has scored in eight straight away league Champions League games Eight straight away games in which Mo Salah has scored a goal uh, for Liverpool. That's a pretty stunning record. And so he gets his customary goal and they win. But no, it was a... You could just tell Inter just ran out of gas. Like they they had their chances. They could not put the ball into the net. If they did, if they get up one nil, maybe it's a different story. But the last fifteen minutes of the game, like my God, they're just not built. They're not built to withstand that for ninety minutes, and it showed because later in the game, Liverpool ran away with it. Yeah. Absolutely right. Um, don't forget next week, schedule-wise, for Champions League, you have the other half, not the other half of these games, but the other half of the bracket that's still alive. Uh, you have on Tuesday, February 22nd, both these games at 3 o'clock, Villarreal taking on Juventus and Chelsea taking on your and my favorite team from France, Lyle. Yes. Slash Lille. Mm-hmm. Slash Lil. Slash Lille. Lille. I honestly don't even know how to say it. We're calling team. him Lyle. Yeah, Lyle. I'm going with Lyle. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's <laughs> Lyle's going to be taking it. Uh, they'll be they'll be on the road at Stanford Bridge. Uh, then Wednesday, it is Benefica taking on Ajax. And that game will be shown on nothing. Even though I would enjoy watching Ajax play. They will not be showing that game on CBS because you know what game they're going to put on. Yep. Atletico Madrid is hosting a little team called Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and by the way, on uh, Atletico lost over the weekend to the worst team in La Liga, so they're not feeling good. They have been in a horrible spell, and so have United. Um, so it should be just a great game. I mean, I'm right. looking forward to the way that this game is going to be played. <laughs> there, two teams really at the top right now. Well, but you know what it is, though? It's going to be two teams who are like – damn it, we are not feeling as good about ourselves as we should. We need this game. Right. I think it'll actually end up being a pretty interesting match. Now, not for you as a Manchester United fan, you're going to be biting your nails the entire time, but as a just general soccer observer, I think it's going to be a pretty good fight. I think there will be a lot of a lot of heat in that one. So, By the way, too, a little it. update on United. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. So Chris Armas is uh, an assistant to Ralph Raniak now. Yes. Um, and I know uh-huh. oh, you're very aware of that. US, U.S. men's national teamer and former MLS player. Yeah. yeah. And you love Chris Armas as a coach. And so does Pat Murphy. <laughs> he was like, so he, great. I mean, Did such he, a good job. He, yeah. he loves him. Um, there has been uh, rumors that have been going on with United um, that some of the players are likening Chris Armas to Ted Lasso, and they have he has no idea what to do during practice. So that is that's, that is that's something that we've got you. that they've got going on under the surface there. Listen, Chris Armas as a player was a very solid U.S. soccer player, so I don't want to like disparage him. As a coach, he has definitely had his shortcomings, right? <laughs> but it is a bad sign. And I'm not, I shouldn't get too sensitive to this, but I don't blame players for feeling the way they feel. They're professionals. They're mm-hmm. trying to be the best. It is frustrating, though, to hear that one of the guys who gets sent over from the U.S. <laughs> to go manage or help manage one of the biggest clubs in the world is getting compared to a fictional character 
who was making fun of American <laughs> football coaches. <laughs> that is not encouraging. No, I read that all. and I'm like, oh, it okay. sucks. Okay, that's where we're at, huh? That was, I mean, because I had almost forgotten. He was obviously, Chris Armas was in charge of Red Bulls for a, a while, but he also had that disastrous run at Toronto where he was 2-15 and 15 or something like that. <sighs> Just brutal. So, I mean, I, I don't think he's a bad coach. I, I know he has some value. He must know what he's talking about to some level. And obviously he played the game at a high level, but... Yikes. Not good. I feel very awful when I saw that. And yes, when I did see that, I my my skin crawled. Me too, oh, no. literally. And I'm like, I Please. love Ted Lasso, uh, but I'm not sure if I would want to be compared to Ted Lasso if I'm well, trying to no. help Manchester United win games. The comparison didn't strike me as overly positive. They no, weren't like, he's no, really good correct. at you know, getting the he guys to believe biscuits. in things. Yeah. He makes great biscuits and yeah, like it wasn't that. It was it was more of he's this goober from America and we just <laughs> yeah. have to kind of put up with him. Right. So that's not good. Um, all right. Finally, before we get out of here, Kylian Mbappe, the latest rumors around him joining Real Madrid, mm-hmm. which, you know, hey, I guess welcome, you'll take him scoring. Welcome to the party, yeah. He'll ta- yeah. <laughs> you'll take him scoring a goal against you if it ends up working out that way. But these rumors don't really seem to have a lot of basis in reality, right, Beamer? Or at least there's there's not much to them other than the La Liga president who's saying them, Javier Tabas. It's just, it doesn't seem like there was a lot behind this. No, it doesn't. So I think we can, you know, we, we obviously talked about it a few weeks ago and they're like, okay, well, Real Madrid is going to sign Erling Holland and he's been brushing up on his Spanish and everything. May as well just join the strike force with Kylian Mbappe. And so apparently the ideas of grandeur are going to be sent there um, and they want to sign him. Like, listen, if you're a competitive team in the world and you want to sign someone like Kylian Mbappe, Probably number one on your like dream signing list, either him or Erling Holland, whichever one uh, that you want to go right there. But yeah, so the La Liga president comes out and he's saying, yeah, I mean, Kylian Mbappe is going to Real Madrid. I mean, it would be great for the league to bring a, a international star of his quality here and it's going to do nothing but good for us. And then they, they followed up the question like, OK, do you have any actual sub- substantive proof that that's going to happen? He was like, I have no further update. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I actually don't have proof that he's coming to Real Madrid, but I think I I think he's coming to Real Madrid. And so, I mean, when you check the tea leaves and you kind of check the boxes, I mean, Kylian Mbappe is now seemingly fluent in Spanish when he's answering questions. Uh, so not only does he f- speak French, but uh, he also speaks English now. So he's he's working he's working on his international languages and he's trying to get more cultured. And I actually read a report today that's saying that Liverpool are going to try to lure him to Anfield next year. So w- again, you have La Liga president coming out here. You have people inside of Liverpool saying we feel comfortable that we're going to sign him as well. Meanwhile, the guy's answering press conference questions in Spanish, English, and French. It's all but no that he's going to leave PSG and head somewhere else. So I, the guy, it's just, it's kind of a mess. And it's silly season, and we love it. Let's let's just real quickly recap on what it's like to be killing Mbappe. Because I always like to find these points where we kind of humanize these ridiculous stars of sports or otherwise. Killing Mbappe is a World Cup champion, mm-hmm. arguably the best scorer on the planet. I mean, on his day, yeah, right? I'm sure. not saying... What stats or I'm just saying on his day as dangerous as anyone in the world when it comes to the ball at his feet. So you got that going for you. 23 years old, uh, international superstar, going to get more money than most people not named Jeff Bezos or Elon know what to do with. Right. And he sits down maybe like 
wherever he does his like, I'm just going to surf my phone for a little mm-hmm. bit or I'm going to, you know, whatever. He opens it up and he sees Duolingo or <laughs> whatever Rosetta Stone yeah. app that he's using. And he, too, is like, yeah, I'm going to try to learn a new language. But if you or I try to learn the new language, it's like, well, wouldn't that be fun? Maybe if I take a trip for him, it's like if I learn this new language, I might open up millions of dollars in endorsement deals to yeah, myself, exactly. or, or I might become instantly more marketable than I already am. One of the most marketable stars in the world. If that's enough motivation for me to learn a, f- a few extra languages is what I'm trying to say. Like I would definitely be up for learning whatever language you want. If it meant it opens up like a much bigger market. You want me to learn me. hieroglyphics? I will for the sub subpopulation oh, yeah. of the continent that still speaks in that, which is nothing. But if it's yes. able to get me a million dollars here and there, go, I will learn. I will learn hieroglyphics. I would do it in a second. Absolutely. The best part um, too so, about this guy when he's saying it um, is that he was brutally honest too uh, to boss. He goes, Madrid will get Mbappe and Holland and, and Holland. others. <laughs> like it's not enough to say Real Madrid is going to get Erling Holland and Kylian Mbappe in the coming winter window and others. Basically, yes. Barcelona and Juventus are financially ruined, so they screwed themselves out of these sweepstakes. It's so hilarious, right? Like, the way he's just like, oh, this will happen because these other teams have no money and they suck and screw them. They're mm-hmm. ruined financially. Yeah, that is not, again, things you don't want to hear if you're a fan of the team. You don't want to hear your guy saying, we are basically screwed. You don't want to hear the commissioner of your league saying, oh, that team has no money. They can't sign anybody. Screw you know how them. fun it would be, though? I mean, I don't want this to happen for like the power structure of world soccer, but I guess when you look over the last 50 years, Real Madrid has had their fair share of victories being a, what, 13-time or 12-time yes, European yes, champion and lit- the litany of La Ligas and Copas that they have over there. Would that not be fun to watch as a soccer fan? Like, even if you hate Real Madrid and what they stand for and, like, oh, big money team, they just bring in whoever, to watch Kylian Mbappe and Erling Holland on the same oh team God. on the field oh at the same God. time, like, I wouldn't, wouldn't that you know be I have I have no shame fun? in admitting this. I have no shame in admitting this. I have always thought the Real Madrid jerseys are some of the classiest, oh, coolest looking jerseys yeah, out there. Great. I could totally see buying a long sleeve Real Madrid like white Galacticos jersey if that happens with one of the I don't even need anybody's name on the back of it just I would be instantly in on watching every single not that they suck now I mean they're obviously a good team now but just to see that combination of those two guys up top holy hell yes I'm, how, how would you stop I have it? no you, shame you I have no shame in saying I would just buy a jersey for because I don't care what, what I'm not rooting for anybody in La Liga. Like, I'm not a, you know, I don't have a team there. If you do, great. I don't have a team that I'm drawn to to say they are for sure my team. I would just opt in for that season on that team. That'd be fun. I'd love that. That'd oh, be. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to watch, just to sit there and watch those two work. Or to watch else. how it would, on the other hand, potentially be a nightmare and they couldn't play together. That would also be equal. Well, that's right. Fun. Like, I'm in to watch all of it and see how that, yeah, because yeah, maybe it wouldn't work. I mean, I, I tend to think it would. But I, would I would think it would work, but yes, there's a possibility. You're right. That it there's couldn't. a chance those those fantasy matchups, like you draw up on your fantasy football team, it's like, oh, this will work if I get this guy and this guy and this guy. But then they don't in real life. I maybe it wouldn't, but boy, that'd be something to watch. I would not want to be a a center back trying to figure out what to do with those two. Harry Maguire would have a time. Let me tell you that he'd have yeah. fun. No kidding. Um, so something we didn't get to this week. I think we should do this next week. Uh, you brought up that you watched a couple documentaries, mm-hmm. and I think we can talk about this more, but um, I'm going to try to watch the – because there's a Neymar documentary out now. Yep. And 
the Rooney documentary, right? Yeah. Is that the is that the other one? No. Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay. the Wayne the Wayne Rooney documentary just came out last week, and it's on Amazon. So I watched that the first day it came out, and that's pretty good. I mean, chronicling what Wayne Rooney was, um, you know, built at Everton, and then going into his first uh, big tournament with England and those Euros back in Portugal, and then him suffering uh, the foot injury and how that kind of continued on throughout his career. So that was really good. That was a fun watch, especially for me. Uh, that's my favorite soccer player of all time, Wayne Rooney. Um, and so that was really cool. And it goes into his personal life and his drinking and everything. And it was a pretty good one. And then the Neymar one uh, was actually pretty good too. That one is on Netflix. And it basically chronicles like his rise to stardom and getting a tryout at Real Madrid when he's 12 or 13 years old and saying, no, I want to play in Brazil. I'm not comfortable leaving home. I want to be with my friends. Uh, and so that's actually a mini series. So they have three parts of the Neymar documentary and then the Wayne Rooney ones, I think about an hour, hour and 45, two hours or whatever. But I did watch those. Uh, and if you're looking for something to do to supplement your actual watching of soccer this weekend, those are two pretty good ones that I think they did a well job on. Yeah, I'm going to check those out, but I think because I would like to get into a discussion maybe next week a little bit more about those documentaries, but also maybe talking about some of the things we would like to see documentaries done on in soccer mm -hmm. or what are some stories or topics or things that we just haven't haven't been hit on that need to. I think that would be a really fun discussion, too. So in the meantime, you can always tweet at us at BoneBeamUnited on Twitter. And if you've made it this far in the podcast, thank you. You're one of our like primary listeners. We really appreciate that. If you haven't yet, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That is one of the best ways to help people find our show. Of course, if you are listening and you have not yet done it, please hit subscribe and or, or add or whatever the you know thing is if you're on Spotify. Just make sure you get this podcast every week. It'll be coming to you with more soccer. Next week, we will talk about soccer movies and documentaries and also... It's Black and Gold Week. We'll yeah. The Columbus Crew. Also some Champions League, League recap thrown in there, too. So we'll do all that next week. Till then, enjoy the soccer. Stay safe. And we'll see you at Zaftig Italian Village, the official soccer bar of Bone and Beam United. <laughs>